Well, big day in the markets tomorrow as Alphabet, Google's parent company, set to report results for its second financial quarter, although there is some growing frustration among analysts and investors when it comes to uh, Alphabet. And for more on this, our personal finance expert, Rabina ahmed Hawk joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Rabina, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Now, the frustration here over uh, Alphabet, uh, Google's parent company for investors, is that uh, they're not exactly being... uh, transparent or as transparent as investors would like uh, when it comes to uh, certain arms or branches of the company? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge global company. It has different businesses across the world, and people are becoming more and more concerned. Are these companies getting too big to fail or too big to, you know, they're becoming like their own governments where they can just do whatever they want. Um, and they can sometimes maybe not be completely transparent about what they're earning. Uh, it's a concern. I mean, as companies, especially tech companies, continue to have businesses around the, around the globe, uh, you know, different countries have different tax rules, different countries have different ways of doing business. Um, so how do you merge that all together and have sort of a good, cohesive picture of how this business is actually right. done? For example, uh, Alphabet, uh, not only do they own a Google, but they also run a YouTube, and the estimates are that it generates anywhere between 16 to $25 billion in annual revenue, uh, Rabina, making it uh, big enough to crack the uh, top half of the Fortune 500. But it's just a guess because they don't uh, report individually for YouTube. Yeah, and I find that uh, kind of confusing. I mean, why wouldn't they want people to know how successful they are? Because they really do depend on users coming and using their platform and putting up uh, videos that then go viral. We know so many countless examples of people who have made millions of dollars just by posting YouTube videos and people who are trying to do that. Um, so you would think that they would want to be seen as a company that uh, you know, is somewhere where you can actually make a career. It's not just somewhere where you go post some videos of your kids. It's a legitimate place for you know, small businesses to make extra money if they wanted to by creating great video. Yeah, so why is there all this secrecy and a lack of transparency, particularly when it uh, comes to these, uh, you know, well, I'd say emerging tech companies, but they're huge players uh, now, whether it be a YouTube, uh, Netflix as well, Rubina, famously, they don't give out uh, subscriber data or even tell you uh, how many people are, are watching some of their hit shows. I mean, it could be because they want to keep their competitive advantage. They want don't want people to know exactly what their numbers are because another company can take that data and use it to their advantage. So it might be some of that. They're just trying to keep their data secure uh, because, you know, these are all brand new types of uh, companies. I mean, 10 years ago, Netflix, Google, all these people did not, Amazon, all these companies did not exist in the way that they do today, at least. Um, and they are now, you know, part of our everyday lives. I mean, most of us have a Netflix account. Most of us use Amazon. Most of us watch YouTube videos. Um, so there is definitely, uh, they're trying to keep their information uh, under lock and key so that they keep continue to have the competitive advantage because maybe they want don't want Google to know that all of a sudden there's been a spike in Bulgaria of people using their their uh, platform because then all of a sudden they're going to know that that's a place to for them to focus on that so, that's just my guess yeah should investors use caution then when it comes to uh, alphabet uh, because uh, if they report uh, results that uh, fall short you don't know exactly uh, you know where the company is failing then well, these big companies called uh, the FANG stocks, so Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, oh, sorry, rather Amazon, Google, and um, Netflix, uh, these are the companies that I really would uh, say to everyday investors to stay away from because they're still, even though they are such so 
much entrenched in our lives, there are still companies we don't fully understand what their future is going to be. Are they going to break up and become smaller companies? Is there going to be another company that comes along and beats them all? Uh, I, you know, I still am a big believer that if you believe in tech companies, then go buy uh, the NASDAQ exchange because it has all the tech companies on it or go buy an ETF that follows a basket of tech companies. Um, it's really difficult for an individual investor to see, you know, is Facebook going to grow anymore? Is this, you know, as it reached its peak, it's very difficult as, as individual investors for us to guess that. Joined on the line by 640 Toronto personal finance expert, Rubina Ahmed-Hawk. Uh, Rubina, we also wanted to talk about uh, parents who are no longer just helping their kids uh, buy their first home, but apparently, according to a new survey, more than a third of them are also helping their kids just pay rent. Now, this poll showed that 35% of respondents said that they have helped their adult children with the growing cost of uh, rent. Now, I know you're not a parenting expert, so I'm not sure what that exactly says <laughs> when it comes to parents and the relationship with their kids. But uh, well, what do you make of this as a uh, financial practice? I think that this really speaks to everything that's been going on in the market for the last 10 years when it comes to real estate. Real estate prices, especially in a place like Toronto, are out of reach for most new home buyers or first time home buyers. I mean, if you're going to buy a detached home in Toronto, where are you going to come up with $200,000 to put down as a down payment? So I think that's the first reality. Second, wages have not been increasing. I know lately we've been talking about how finally wages are starting to tick up. But in the last 10 years, we did see a significant amount of time where wages were not keeping up with the way the cost of living was going. So a lot of people are using more and more of their salary to actually pay for rent or mortgage. And then on the flip side of it, uh, the boomers, who are most likely the ones helping their children, um, have seen an, in- an incredible uh, rise in their real estate prices. So if they bought a house, my parents bought a house in Scarborough for $80,000. Let me tell you, <laughs> they've done very well. They're still there since 1978. And this is, you know, you hear the story over and over again, uh, you know, people who bought houses in the annex for, you know, 90000 in the 70s, and now they're sitting on a couple of million bucks. So these parents who have access to that cash, especially if they've sold that property, are now able to help their kids out who are now struggling, um, maybe even more than they did, mm-hmm. trying to get into the housing market, trying to pay rent. To yeah. Things. Can I ask you, though, is it uh, is that money well spent, money well invested? I mean, I've had friends that one of their goals was always to help their kids uh, buy their first home, uh, help them with uh, their first uh, with the down payment for their first home. Something different, though, when that money is going to rent, uh, is that kind of going out the window? I do not believe that uh, when you pay rent that it's going out the window. That's so, I think that's one... Uh, personal finance piece of advice that's actually completely incorrect. When you rent a place, whether your parents pay for it or you pay for it, uh, you are uh, renting a space to put a roof over your head to find a, you know, to have your friends over to live. Um, so you are renting a space in order for you to have somewhere to, to, to put your things. And that's, that's not money badly spent. And often, in, in especially right now with people changing jobs so quickly, it's foolish to buy real estate and then pay real estate fees to sell that home in a few years because you're moving across the country or maybe even across the world. Uh, many people are in these transient jobs or in contract positions where they don't know where they'll be in five years. And so it's a lot wiser from a personal finance perspective to rent a place that you can afford, still keep you know, um, saving money on the side, 
um, and then make your decision. When you know you're going to be somewhere for 10 years plus, then buy something. Uh, you always can rent. Uh, your paycheck can allow you to rent in a place better than you can buy. So always remember that when you're renting. You're probably living in a nicer place than you could afford to buy into. Mm. Uh, all I'll say, though, is it's a good thing your parents haven't been renting that $80,000 house in Scarborough since uh, 1970. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ravina, thanks for this as always. Really appreciate the time. Thank you.